some of them. You're wasting all your time and money on models. Paint what you have. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of Model Club TV. Uh, I, I can't do 16 here. Roman numerals. Wait, like is the that, Super Bowl. Is that, I don't even know if that says 16, so we're good. Wait, X is 10, V is 10? What's X? X is 10, V is 5, and I is 1. All right, that works then. <laughs> don't you watch the Super Bowl? No. Did you watch the Super Bowl? I, of course I watched the Super Bowl. Are we allowed to say Super Bowl, or do we have to say big game? Will we get in trouble? No, I don't know what that was about. So I think they sue people who say Super Bowl. I don't know. Well, we might be in big trouble now. Then, <laughs> yeah. Did you watch the big game? I know you have a big man crush on the uh I, I do have Tom a big Brady. man Tom Brady crush, and I did watch and uh was surprised the outcome was as lopsided as it was. What but, was the uh, score? I didn't even 30, watch. Thirty one to nine. And your guy won? Yes, he did. <laughs> Ah, uh, this is the first Super Bowl I ever. That would watched. be his seventh. Oh, geez. Okay, seventh. I didn't watch one second of it, not one. I think I watched thirty minutes of one entire NFL game this entire season. I'm done. So, I don't know. Different story. Super Bowl, okay. big game. Did you win money? No, I had no gambling uh, going. Oh, um, gambling has lost its appeal to me. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I used to bet on stuff all the time with guys at work and stuff. Just just to bet on the game. I, I used to have a guy who used to bet on Bulls games. And I always made him give me points. This was right before the Bulls got good. So, you know, we were back and forth. And it was $2. But it was like we'd scream back and forth at each other for a couple hours and have something to do for a couple hours <laughs> while I worked the assembly line. So. I what? got in on the stock market for the first time in my life. Oh my god! I Did bought you get a in stock. On that GameStop debacle. Well, some of it. I'm on the AMC side of it, trying to take okay. it down. <laughs> Good luck with that. I'm up nothing. I'm in the hole. Yes. I some other stuff. One of the stocks I bought was pretty good. The other ones, yeah, I knew they were going to tank. But that was the point. But it's weird. I'm learning stuff. I'm learning math a little bit. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. That 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 straight line, that straight horizontal line means minus that you're losing. <laughs> no, see, it's easy on the app. It makes it red if you're losing, green if you're doing well. Of course, it does. Most of my shit's red. So, uh, anyway, model club, not sports, not stocks, models, models. Well, let's start with movies. Did you see anything? I finished Cobra Kai last night. Did you all the way through season three? So now you're done. So spoilers. Uh, man, it's so cheesy. It is. It is. I, I thought three was the weakest season. Yeah. It was still fun. Um, the fight in the house. It's like, okay. Big karate yes, fight. That's where I was too. It's like, it's like okay. yeah, like they would get away with all that. Yeah. Yeah, throw the kids the, through the window. Just, and then he's going to get the up. That's the first thing I said too. And, and he's <laughs> going to get up and fight. And it's like, come on. He just really? threw the dude through the, the little kid through the window. I'm like, okay. So yeah, finish that. And then we can't talk about it because it's a major spoiler on there, but I'm good to see that one person show up because they're on another show that I was just watching. She's on The Boys. Um, uh, okay. And I finished both seasons of that. Holy cow. 
dude. That and that part of it actually went better than I thought it was going yeah, to. It did. Um, because uh yeah, it was um you know, here he he had just with the one and then the other and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you so, thought you know, again, it's like can we write this guy's luck to be any worse? Oh, like, dude. That's what I said. Worst luck in the world. So story of my life though too. Um it's the, it's Costanza three sixteen. When they like you, you don't like them. When you <laughs> like them, they don't like you. That's what it is. Always. Uh, otherwise, models. I haven't bought anything. I don't think. I know you have a little bit. So we'll do news and reviews. Uh, we'll start with news. There's a lot going on and not a lot going on at the same time. It's kind of that rough spot in the hobby year. Mm-hmm. And we got a major blizzard going on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking outside right now, and uh, yeah, we're getting dumped on. They said we had 31 inches of of snow on the ground. Yeah, now in some spots, I I don't hear. I I think we're at about 15 or 16, but we're supposed to get dumped another eight inches tonight. Yeah, and I can already see we're already at four or five right now. And to our Texas friends, good grief! I have some friends out there that they're dealing with a lot of stuff, no power because the windmills froze. That's you know, that's the way we want to go. Um, <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Um, and here we go. Yeah, that's where we're going. <laughs> All right. I News, the first news piece that I think we should touch on is in last episode, we tried to do something cool and we had to cut it out because we got flagged <laughs> for uh copyright infringement and we are trying to do scott reacts to trailers videos and it, I, we made two of them i posted one of them and it was immediately flagged for copyright because i don't know how to work that yet and i don't know if we can just put it up there and leave it as flagged as copyright but so some of the last episode might seem a little disjointed if we were talking about the kong versus godzilla trailer because we had a whole big thing filmed we still have it I might figure out a way to put it up, but it's been a rough couple of weeks in terms of just busy stuff. So if last episode you heard us talking about the Godzilla trailer and didn't know what we were talking about, we had something filmed and it's in the, it's in progress. We're trying to work that out, but YouTube rules ugh, and copyright. Other than that news in terms of kits and cool things coming out, what do we got? Well, let's start with Escape Hatch Hobbies presents Maddie the Mad Monster Model. And this was digitally sculpted by our friend Rob Madison. Yeah. And Todd Powell at Escape Hatch Hobbies is producing it. And the paint up here is our friend Phil Kupka. So many cool things coming together at once and cool people to do something pretty cool. It was an awesome, they just released um, today. A monster model review. I forgot the number, but it's um, where Rob talks about the making of this and what you know, what it's based on, and and all of that. And it's really cool. Um, yeah, we'll so put a link out. up to the video here and in the description. But yeah, he did. When I watched the progress of him kind of creating this thing, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then to see it finished and actually turn into a model kit, it's exactly what we were talking about couple weeks ago with the 3d printing and kind of be in the future yeah it is and it would be uh interesting to get rob's take on that 
Maybe we'll get him on. Um, if he's still talking to me. Stop it. Oh, what do I do? I'm just yeah. kidding. I love Rob. So, um, yeah, it would be good to get him on and talk about that. That's a good subject. And it's you know, like we, the we, details there. They did the, like the jars are clear. The pieces, like it's a cool little diorama piece that it's pretty fun. Yeah. And if you, uh, um, oh, there goes the snowplow. Hi. Um, <laughs> if you watch the video and you want to know how Phil got it to look like there's paint in those jars. So they're, they're cast in clear resin. And Phil drilled the bottoms out and filled them with whatever to make it look like there's paint in there. Cool. So it's really cool. Uh, the whole thing is cool. Yeah, check out the video. There's a lot there going on. Escape Hatch Hobbies, Todd Powell, Rob Manson, and Phil Kupka. Some good stuff. Monster there. Model Review. Yeah. Um, I'm All glad right, to see that's that? a kit. I'm really glad to see that's a kit that people can get. Next we found was this Godzilla from Ben Inside Studios. Uh, saw it a couple of the pages, and I thought it was a really nice 54 Godzilla. What do you think? I do. I'd like to, I have to look at some more of the pictures from head-on, because I think this angle is a little funky, but um, it, I love the base. Is it just me, or does it look like the realistic version of the Polar Lights one? Like with that bank building? Yes, a little bit. A little bit. Well, that's an iconic, yeah. what is it, Tokyo Tower or whatever yeah. or something. But, but it looks very similar, like the base is... I thought similar, so, uh, but it's a cool piece. But yeah, no, it it is, and it's um. And if you look through their other things, they got some pretty good stuff going on. Uh, and the price isn't bad. When I looked up what the price was, I was gonna say, what is the price? It was like one. The price of this is one eighty nine, which isn't that bad. I didn't think for a Godzilla kit, because you'll see those things way up there. But I think you can get it painted for two seventy nine. Hmm. So. Yeah, I don't know. And then I keep seeing, and this is totally not off topic, but on topic, um, on YouTube, people putting together some X plus giant Godzilla. I'll put a picture of that up too. Man, is it bad that I want to buy pre-painted Godzillas instead of painting them? Oh, <laughs> no argument here. I, <laughs> I mean, we could turn that into a topic, but those X plus statues that have been coming out are really, really nice. It kind of cuts out the middleman, and I just, I know this is a model show, but I kind of just want to get those. Like the Megalon or a Mothra. I don't want to paint Mothra's wings, but those- I've seen some of those Mothras. are really nice, Yeah, actually. they are. But X-Plus, man, all their Godzilla stuff, that pre-paint line that's coming out, I really, really like that stuff. The Kong I got was from them, and it's pretty nice, but anyway- Monsters from the Woods, my friend John Deary, and our friend Jeff Yeager, of course. Okay, who else is going to sculpt a universal monster but Jeff at this point? And this is a, it's a different take on Dracula. So why do I say that? Yeah, well, why do you say that? Because because me, of the facial expression. Okay, it, it's kind of that pre-bite, like, expression and um i've only seen it tried one other time and that was on one of um john tucky's kits and uh this one really kind of nails that so um it looks you know good. it's an interesting expression the base is nice what scale is this this is one sixth i believe 
And the and one I, I can got tell from... you, it's in rubber already because okay. I saw the pictures of the molds today. So it's in rubber already. It's a little menacing, I guess. A menacing Dracula is good. I think that avoids the problem. Oh, I would say it's before. a menacing Dracula. Yes. Of like the monsters looking like sissies all the time. Yes. Yeah. You want to see a mad Dracula? Why not? Or about to hurt you, Dracula. Yeah. I'm about to fuck you up. Why you got to swear? <laughs> but yeah no that's a cool piece uh it's in rubber did you, have, did you hear a price yet I didn't no i didn't i it might be a little more because that's a lot of that cape's gonna be quite a bit of resin yeah but um if he's giving me a price i've forgotten it but by next episode we should have it so okay the heap the, the heap, heap is something we found or saw and um, that is our friend Michael Berglund, who did the calendar and the Aurora things that I did last time. Yeah. So we've been featuring him a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's a busy guy. He's doing he a lot of a stuff, bu- which is great. He is a busy guy. So is this an original thing? Or it comes from a comic, right? Or I don't no? know what it comes from. I, I, I think I it's an original it idea, but maybe it is. Okay. But it's a cool little piece. Again, some it's original. You haven't seen one of those before. Um, it's good stuff. Check it out. The Berglund. Uh, and the Jaeger Army. Their first piece, huh? Jaeger Army's first exclusive piece. And this is uh, Boris Karloff from the Black Cat. Black Cat, Boris Karloff as, what is that, Halmar? Jalmar Polzig? Shows you. How often I've seen this movie. <laughs> I think I've seen it once. But I actually am interested in seeing it. Um that being said, and and you know, I'm gonna rave out a little bit. This sculpt is beautiful. It's a good okay. Thing, yes, it is a very good likeness. And um there's also on the back of the base, there's a little YA Jaeger Army piece. And um it's a real simple base. It's nothing extravagant. Um, and the hair detail, I mean, this thing is just beautiful. It this is. is just it is beautiful. Simple. And uh, I know Paul has started casting them, and I think he's got about 10 so far. I think this is going to be a limited to 100 at this point. I want to say they're at about... 70 or 80 i look today and and i of course spazzed and think about it but i know i'm not i'm number like 47 so okay um i'm pretty far down on the list but um yeah it's a nice piece um it's a beautiful sculpt i I don't know it's it's different you know it's it's not something we've seen a lot of before so um and I think it's something that lends itself well to being a bust. Yeah, it does. And for an exclusive piece to the Jaeger Army, it's a nice place to start. And I'm going to try to um, watch the movie. I think I have it on my DVR right now. Hmm. On Spanguli. But you hate Spanguli, so. I did watch a movie, by the way. That's right. Shoot, I should have said something. It put me to sleep, though, so I didn't watch the whole thing. What movie? The Spider-Verse thing. I got a little farther into it before I fell asleep this time. 
No, we're not stopping there. You okay. you did not like Spider-Verse? It's the best Spider-Man movie. No, it's not. It's not even Spider-Man. Peter Parker's Spider-Man, not Miles Morales. Peter Parker's in there. What are you not talking Peter about? Peter Parker from another dimension. Not all that bullshit they put in there. That's not the Green Goblin. No, no, no. This is right up there with the 76 thing they call King Kong. Stop it. No, no. That is the best Spider-Man movie. There isn't a better Spider-Man movie. And you're wrong. <laughs> Simple. That it has uh, what? You fell asleep? I wasn't trying to. What are you chewing ice for? You frustrate me. <laughs> no, I'm not even like. Oh, I fell asleep. And trust me, if I'd have wanted to fall asleep, I'd have put a Lord of the Rings movie in oh. instead. Okay. Yeah. No, I the love Spider-Verse. Like, I, no. you're crazy. All right. Anyway. Our what? next piece. Uh, <laughs> uh, folks at Typhon Studios, Mike Culvert um, is releasing another set of hey, you know, do we call these busts? What do we call them? I don't know. We're going to have to talk to Mike. What do we call them? Are these busts? Are halves? they just... We call them halves? Halves. Um, but it's a three-figure set of Colin Clive and Dwight Fry, and, of course, Karloff is the monster. And I'm not sure. I know they're all separate bases, I believe. So, But I'm not positive. Um on that if they're going to be offered separate or if you're going to buy them all but um you know it's it's an interesting piece for me in that the um Karloff head that is what they call the test makeup okay and there's only publicity stills of it it was never in the movie like that okay there are some publicity stills so they kind of went with that as something different but um you know, there's a lot of little details in the base and the pieces there. The Dwight Fry looks really good. So does yeah, the Colin yes. Clive. Yeah, I like um, the likenesses a lot. And if you look at it, um, the scale's probably one-eighth. I mean, Is it? If you okay. Look at one picture. Well, I mean, look at the size of the heads in Jeff's hands. Yeah, it looks know. about one-eighth. And so it is really... And, and maybe we're looking at it thinking it's one-sixth scale or something like that. Yeah. In which case, that would be a huge piece. But, um, yeah, I think it's a lot smaller than we think. And, uh, you know, but it, it is. It's a nice piece. It's coming out. Um, Typhon's got a website. And Mike um, Culvert is easy to get a hold of as well. And um, this will, I'm sure, come with all kinds of goodies. And I forgot to mention that in the, um, the Black Cat piece, in that it's going to come with all kinds of goodies like most of Mike Calvert's pieces do. Um, I think like a little repro of the poster oh, cool. or something in there. So, yeah. it, you know, it, it's, you're getting more than just a bust in a box. Yeah. Okay. You know, the details on this look really, really good. Like those bottles and the, the strict fed machines and mm, it's a big brain on strict fed. I, I learned something before the, the Fritz though is, Really cool. I like the look on his face. Yeah. So um I'm 
kind of, well, I mean, hoping we're going to have Wonderfest. And if we do, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing some of Mike's pieces in person. Yeah. And um, because all I've seen is photographs. And so, again, I I get an idea of size. But when I first looked at this, I'm like, oh, this is a big piece, you know. And then when I sit here and logically think about it, well, no, it's not really that big. I mean, it's still going to be good size with three feet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be a nice chunk of resin. But it's smaller. So, um, It'll be interesting to see, you know, and, and the thing about something like this too, is um, you can kind of move the figures around too to pose them. Yeah. You know, to give them what you want, you know, if you don't like the way they're sitting there like that. Um, but again, it's, it's cool. Um, I wonder what's behind the choice in the test makeup for the Frankenstein head yeah. or the monster head, but uh, not, too many kits been done of that so that's kind of um interesting and um i recently found out someone posted a picture somewhere that in 1947 boris karloff was in the movie the secret life of walter mitty and jack pierce made him up as the monster and you know he looked like the monster from the movies that he was in a little bit different because he was a little heavier and a little older in 1947 i said now that might be a cool bust for someone to yeah. do because it's just you know you don't need another frankenstein kit per se but kind of a cool bust so feel free steal the idea it's okay i'm not <laughs> i'm not gonna do it so uh, all right our next uh two pieces are from george stevenson and blackheart and this piece i think is a really interesting idea and these are um, three, what you would say, very influential um, African-American athletes that were very groundbreaking for their time. And you have Joe Lewis there, you have uh, Jesse Owens, and you have, of course, Jackie Robinson. And these were also sculpted by Jeff. And I think this comes as a one piece. I don't think you get these separate. I think this comes as one piece. Um, Do you know what scale right away? Like what scale? I I don't. He might have posted it, but I don't. I think these are a little bigger. Um, You know, they're not. But I I could be wrong, you know. But um, I just thought it was a really uh, interesting idea. Yeah, I like this idea a lot. And and it's more sports stuff, I think, is a good idea. Um, regardless of who they are, mm-hmm. I think just in general, it's, I don't, and I know this hobby has strictly been movies and all that sort of thing, but mm-hmm. having, being a guy that my, the only client I have right now is painting, uh, baseball busts for this guy, um, from the, they're the old set of hall of fame busts that are vinyl and he has me paint them. And I think there's something out there. There's a lot, there's a big crossover of mm-hmm. sports fans and garage kit guys. I think there's a, there's an untapped area there. And to start out with these three is a great idea. Like it is like hats off mm-hmm. to George for trying something new. And I think, has there been sports kits before ever? Can you think of any? Actually Aurora had sports kits. Yeah. Believe it or not. They had Johnny Unitas and they had um, Dempsey versus Furpo, which was a boxing match. They had Babe Ruth, they had Willie Mays, they had Jerry West, I think. But nothing and, in terms of garage kits, though. Like nobody, 
was putting out. I can't. There might have been. Nothing I'm not going to say I there never remember. was. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's a likeness license issue. I don't know. Um, the thing about this, this is a good crossover, too. Yeah. Into the miniature world as well. Um, because, you know, like that show we went to, that Hobby Expo. You know, this is something you could have saw sitting there yep. next to a and, historical and, general and, or... Yep. I was no. just going to say, there is a historical significance to those three guys, and it's it's perfect for that sort of thing. So well so, done, uh, George. I I want to have... Should I start... Should I put out a secret into the world? Someone steal my idea? I want to start a sideshow. I think we talked about this before. I want to start sideshow, but for sports figures. Well, and again, I always say classic movie stars as well. Not... Horror. Cause just think about it. How many dudes would buy like a Michael Jordan statue? Like that's well done. Like of just sports guys. Mm-hmm. Cause I think there's, they got money to burn <laughs> those memorabilia dudes and they'll buy a $900 Michael <coughs> Jordan, like premium format jumping, dunking a ball. Right. You know, I would be okay with, um, stuff like, um, bands as well. You know, yeah. the, uh, but there's a company I did see overrated band you talk about the Beatles. Yeah, that would be good. I did Although see a company pro- doing sport. Uh, there is one doing pre-painted guitar players. I found. So, but um, yeah, I mean, there's you know, I know the one guy uh, John Afgar did some rock and roll kits as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just something other than monsters. You know, and that's why I say you get away with Hollywood stars, just basic. You know. James Cagney, Humphrey Bogart, Cary Grant, just, you know, stuff that's not. Yeah. You know, I don't know. You know, sports might get tricky because you got logos and, you know, but maybe all of it's. And not to sound, I'm not trying to make this into a race thing, which I don't see your face. Um, I think it's good to have African-American subject matter. You get to paint something other than white skin. Believe it or not, I was just going to say that. I was going to say. How many of us have painted Caucasian everything like, yeah. And it's hard. It's a lot harder because you have to approaching that in a different way using it's, I think that's cool. Like a challenge for that kind of thing. Cause you do the mm-hmm. same thing. Other certain guys, you know, they have the same bottle of flesh they use on every kit and to have to, you know, change that up three different ways there. And that's, you can only grow in your hobby your skills by trying new stuff. So yeah, on that side of it, I think it's a great idea too. So um, anyway, good piece, George. Yeah. Um, looking forward to seeing it, looking forward to seeing it painted. A Mandalorian. Yeah. And I believe the gentleman's name at the bottom of that is Al Davis. So Al, if you painted that, um, kudos to your paint job there. Uh, I, I grabbed the photo off the internet, so I apologize, but this is also a piece of George's. A limited edition piece. I'm not sure the size of this either, but you can check out George's website and I think it's there. And um Mandalorian, of course, I've not seen. Um Mandalorian though. You have not seen Mandalorian. I have not seen Mandalorian. It's really good. It's it's pretty good. It made me actually like Star Wars again. It's there you go. It's good. Uh there was a lot of Mandalorian news this week. Uh go back and check that out. You might want to do that. Um I probably won't be see mandalorian anymore uh kong is king what's this about so atlantis our friends at atlantis in the continuing um tradition of 
re-releasing some of the old Aurora stuff. They are re-releasing the King Kong and the Glow in the Dark box. And um, I, if you'll notice on here, it says restored to the original detail includes bonus Glow in the Dark parts. So what does that mean? Restored to the original detail. Yeah, what does that mean? Well, in the original issue Kong, it had all these trees. And I believe from the glow issues on, I'm not 100%, maybe the glow issues did not, but any reissue after that for sure, there was a small sprue of missing trees and leaves. Hmm. And Atlantis has found those molds or has those molds or whatever, and they will uh, be including them with this. So the kit will be complete back the way it was when it was originally released. And of course, with that iconic glow box, which I really like those boxes, they're a lot of fun. And they were nice enough. They posted a picture of the, this is the glow sprue of King Kong parts, this first photo. And anyone that's never seen an injection mold before, um, there you go. That's, um, those are the Kong, those are all the glow pieces. And I also included a photo of the Godzilla. And that's not the Godzilla glow pieces there. That's the whole kit. And so that's what the original molds all looked like. Did you just um, find these or you have these pictures? Back in the day. Atlantis has posted them. So okay. I thought it was kind of cool. And um, so I just like the nostalgia of seeing these molds. I just think it's really cool. So. Um, and when you think about it, some of these are 55 years old, 50 yeah. years old, you know, so it's pretty interesting. So that's all for what's coming out. Yeah, there's um, a lot. I, and there's more we've seen. It's just been, it's been a slog of a two weeks. Yes, last one. And then we didn't even realize, you know, February is shorter than most months. So, so we have to figure out how we're going to work this with our next episode. Um, other news, we did plan on having a guest that kind of fell through again. So we are working on something next week. We'll get that together. And next episode, we will definitely have someone on here with us. Literally the night we filmed our last episode. Yeah. I had a box sitting out from my friend, Kurt Krause. And I didn't know what it was because it was like, he really didn't owe me anything. So there was nothing expected coming. He did tell me there was something coming, but I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And so I start taking this out. I'm like, what the heck is this? And he had heard our episode of me talking about wanting to do this to this particular kit. Wait, Kurt actually watches the show? Oh. Yeah, someone. Yeah. And um, so he took the time to oh, that's awesome. get a um, Blackhawks logo like I intended. And uh, he hand painted all the lines and seamed all the pieces. And uh, it does still work. Um, and uh, made and he did the flex stone on the base to make it look like a real bird bath, which was kind of you know yeah. my intention on what I was thinking about doing. So this is really all exactly what I was intending on. So doing. someone saved you all the work. That yeah. You were so doing. someone built and painted something for me. Isn't that <laughs> awesome? So it's That's on fantastic. display upstairs. The bad thing is this is a hard piece to display. Yeah. And I always say there's there's pieces that are hard to display because of their flatness. Um, and this is probably one of them. I always say that Wrights and Frankenstein by Sideshow 
it's so beautiful. But unless you've got it at a level, an eye level that someone can look down on it almost and see all the detail. Yeah. It's a lot. And this is another one that, so I've got it on a, in my model room upstairs on display. And uh, yeah, it's really Good cool. Good job, Kurt. Wow. Yeah. I didn't get any crowns. Yay. And then this week I got in the mail. You're going to laugh. Uh-oh. I wish we could play music because you could fire up some music. Okay. Wait, can we see him? Oh, wait, I like that. Okay. So oh, Ranger and Tonto. Are, yes. These are original Aurora um, comic scenes from the 70s, 75, I think. Still sealed. I mean, they're in great shape, which kind of pisses me off, but I'll get to that in a minute. Where'd you get those? So I bought these from a fellow collector, Joe Bello. He's a watcher of the show. Okay. Hey, Joe. Yeah, he's, he's trouble, but he's a watcher of the show. No, he's not. I felt bad for him, too, because I paid him for him right away. And he's like, it's going to take me a couple of days to get to the post office because he got buried in the snow. And he sent me a picture of his car. And I'm like, dude, take your time. It's not <laughs> like I'm going to build them. And that's right. I, we know that. So when they came, I said, finally, get your car undone. He says, no, I filled up a cart and I walked <laughs> um, to uh, mail everything. So. um, But first of all, I didn't know they were sealed. OK, which is fine. You know. But um, I really want to open them up and check them out. Do it right now. Do it. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. I'm do doing it, it, you baby. Do but, it. Um, so these are two Aurora kits that since this have never been reissued. Come on, and Scott, open it. Open no, it. I'm not opening them. Open it. Open and these it. Are fun, uh, these are fun kits, um, if you've ever seen them built up. And what was weird about these, one of the things I hated about the comic scenes was they took the nameplates out and the emblems off you know, the chest and stuff. Um, these two kits never had nameplates. So you can build these and they're going to be identical to what they originally were. Okay. And I've heard this horse is a severe pain in the ass with open the scene it. lines and stuff. Open it. So no, I'm not open it. So um, plus, oh, this is my favorite part. You ready? This kit molded in ranger blue and white plastic. The Lone Ranger figure is... Great horse silver and terrain base. Model can be painted as shown in illustration. It's in Ranger Blue. Okay, hold on. This, oh, this no. gets better. Oh no. This kid is molded in buckskin brown plastic. Oh, I thought it was gonna be red. A seven-inch Tonto figure, eagle terrain base with tree, cactus, and rattlesnake. Model can be painted as shown in the illustration. That could have went a totally different direction. So I'm glad they did I, it in I brown. We'll see, so you're better. <laughs> So I've seen that the Tonto is pretty common. Yeah. Not really um, as hard to get. The Lone Ranger is getting a little harder. And I had these when I sold all my Aurora kits back in the day. And I never, this is, they never got reissued. So I never rebought them. Do you think they'll reissue them? Oh, now that I bought them, I'm sure they will. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, what's funny is this horse on the Lone Ranger kit. Was used in three different kits, I believe. So there's a uh, or four different kits. There was an Aurora Black Stallion. I think there was a White Stallion, and then there was the Lone Ranger, and I think the same horse was used in their Zorro kit. Probably. Why wouldn't so, you at that point? Why not? Yeah, we'll just make a figure to go on it. Yeah. And one of the things I remember about the Lone Ranger kit that I liked was the mask was a separate piece. 
and and I've said this about the Phantom of the Opera kit too. The mask actually fits over the face. You know, you glue it to the face. And I've always said, like the Phantom kit, that mask will fit over that face on the uh, Aurora Phantom of the Opera. So, isn't there magnetic paint? I don't know. Like, what if you put a magnet inside his head and then painted the back of that with some magnetic paint? I don't know. So you can stick it on and off. No, it's Lone Ranger. Nobody sees the Lone Ranger. Somebody does. Well, and anybody, and I want you to look this up, post a link. Um, oh, what's the guy's <laughs> name that used to be on Letterman every year on New Year's Eve? Um, Tom Waits? No. Uh, Crispin Glover? No. Chris Elliott? Edit. We're going to edit this. So hold Chris on. Elliott? I'm thinking of all the people I liked on Letterman. Okay, Jay Thomas. So Jay Thomas has a Lone Ranger story that he used to tell on Letterman every year. And uh, it's really kind of a funny story. It's, it's right, like I'll one of those Wonderfest stories. Okay. <laughs> and I'll send you a link when we're done. And if you want to link it here, right, I'll put can. it in. I'll put it um, down below. It's a riot. So, um, but there's a little bit about the Lone Ranger mask in there, and it's just kind of funny. But yeah, Clayton Moore, you never get to see the uh, Lone Ranger without his mask, so I wouldn't want it to come off. So. And he's molded Ranger Blue. Ranger Blue. And this week, I should be getting my Snoopy and his Sop with Camel, and the Red Baron kits are coming from uh, Steve Iverson. So I'll have those to show next time. And we'll probably open one of the Snoopies. Open the open the Lone Ranger. I'm not opening the Lone Ranger. It's just uh, what do I got coming? I bought some new more measures. <laughs> I've actually yeah, I bought some more stuff that way. No model kits though. Um, there's like I'm waiting for that Deja Thoris from Model Giants. I saw that like they had a new update on that. That's what I'm I think most excited about. And then there was something else I saw, but I don't remember right now. Um, oh, the witch coming. That's the one I'm excited. Which is coming. Yeah, I know that's, that's uh, coming soon. Progressing. So, yeah, Mark I got to about that. Yep. And I actually just sent him uh, payment for a uh, head and nameplate for the Aurora Kid. He had posted that he had cast some up. So I said, yeah, go ahead and send me one. Cool. So that's coming. And then uh, I also got, I forgot to mention this too. So this is a little uh, nameplate. Where did you and so. We've mentioned uh, David Stan, Stan Arts, Tauntaun mm-hmm. um, and the Dubak, and a real nice uh, Karloff as the monster bust. And I saw some pictures, and I saw they had a nameplate. Mine didn't come with a nameplate. So I think it's his wife, Laura, that actually answers all the emails and has said some nice things about us. Got a hold of her and said, hey, can I get one of those nameplates? I'll you know, gladly pay for it. And uh, she was kind enough to send this to me for free. And I had to measure it because I guess there were two issues of this bust. So the base is a little thicker. on. So there's two different nameplates. So she sent me this nameplate for that bust. Sweet. And uh, we'll put pictures up of the bust, too, because it's really a nice bust. So it's a one-to-one scale or pretty close to -to one-to-one scale bust. And um, I put the pictures in our folder. So you've got those two. Excellent. Anything else you get? Did you build anything? Let's move on to the workbench. Have you actually built anything? 
Okay, great. So here's, <laughs> I have the inability to say no sometimes. And friends will always be like, hey, can you do this for me? And I'm like, nah. And then I always say yes. Um, and this one person in particular always tends to screw me over with projects. Um, he never lets on how hard they're going to be or where they're at. So anyway, he originally told me uh, he had picked this up and I told him no. I, for once in my life, said no. I had too much going on. And then he emails me recently and said, hey, my person fell through. They have started it and needed to stop. Can you finish it? And I was like, fine, send it along. So, yeah. I'm painting an airplane. <laughs> Which... Oh, it's boy. not funny. Um, I, it's a little funny. It's, it's funny from where I'm sitting. I know. I, so this thing came half like glued together wrong. So it's going to look, I'm trying to save it. There's a piece missing. Um, the seams are terrible and I had to re-glue them and I'm trying to fix them. And I told them, my friend, I'm like, I can't make this look fantastic because the other person, I think they painted the wheels with a black Sharpie. It looked like someone took a black marker and colored in the wheels and other black trim. Cause all I did was spritz, spritz alcohol and the stuff just poured right off. So it's, it's a cool kit. It comes with two eddies. If you're an iron maiden fan, like it has an eddy pilot and it has an eddy. Well, they're both the pilot, but one's in the plane and one's outside standing there. Um, the pieces are really nice. It's a cool, like, like if I had this from the get go, from the start, it would have been a lot better and easier. Um, I was surprised at some of the detail in, in some of the parts are really thin, like the flaps and things, not ever having painted a level four airplane before. Um, but that's what I'm working on. And I'm not excited about it. I don't know how to paint camouflage. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch some YouTube videos. Um, but yeah, I'm building an airplane. So I'm I'm scrolling eBay while we're talking just yeah. to see if there's any of them out there. What is it called again? It is Iron Maiden Aces High uh, Spitfire Mark II. It's it's a cool kit. Like if you're an Iron Maiden fan, that's from it's the song Aces High, and then the poster, the album cover had the airplane. I had the poster, I think, when I was like junior high or something. But man, yeah, airplanes. Finally, well, I was gonna suggest. Man, throw it out and just buy another one and make it form. Um, but uh, yeah, you'll be about somewhere between fifty and sixty dollars in. Yeah, forget that. Nope. But. So he's getting what his friend did, and I'm trying to salvage it. That's where we're at. Um, and then just building miniatures. I finished, like I showed last episode. I finished my FM. That gave me a chance to build. I probably built a hundred miniatures. I'm just powering through. I magnetized a lot of them too, so I could move parts around, which is fun. But that's my workbench. Nothing really to show other than that. All right. Our topic for today. What uh, a great topic. Yeah, this is a great topic. Uh, Scott got some news. Scott, you want to share some news with us? All right. So those have been following my um, health exploits for the last few years. <laughs> um, hoping I would go. <laughs> Damn it. Anyhow, um, two years ago, I had a... Um, kidney, my right kidney was removed due to a tumor that was in there, a cancerous tumor. 
And for the last two years, we've been monitoring the other kidney, which also had a tumor in it, but a very small tumor. And we were kind of on the, if it's not broke, don't fix it path. And um, so the first six-month scan, it hadn't grown. Second six-month scan, it hadn't grown. Doctor said, let's go a year. Well, in the last year, it has grown. It hasn't grown crazy, but it's grown enough. They said, yeah, we need to go out in and get it. So the plan is to operate on the kidney, not to take the kidney, obviously, because that leaves you with zero and you kind of need one. <laughs> um, even you, even so you. The, and just give me an idea. The kidney is 2.5 millimeters, um, which is very small, less than a quarter inch. It, it's not a huge the tumor. The tumor on the kidney. You said the, the, well, it's in the kidney. In the kidney. Okay. Yeah, There's okay. also a cyst that's on the kidney that he's going okay. to get. If you really want to be morbid, I could show a picture, but we don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, so on March 26th, I will go in for an operation. And it's about an eight-week recovery time. He told me it would be about the same operation. So there's going to be some pain um, for the first week, especially. How bad did it suck the first time? Pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty bad. Um, the first time, I didn't know what to expect. So. Okay. I really didn't expect the amount of pain that I would be in that I was in. And I, I was supposed to come home the next day and I didn't come home till two days afterwards. And even then I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know how I'm going to get around. Okay. okay. Because, um, so the first night when they operate on you, you have a catheter. Okay. Which when I first woke up was kind of uncomfortable. Then I fell back asleep when I woke up again. It didn't bother me at all, and I was and just then, happy I didn't have to move. So and then you kind of liked it, like it was. Yeah, it was kind of nice because I didn't have to get out of bed. Kind of like so the funny feeling. The next morning, the doctor came in and he played the magic trick and said, uh, "Yeah, we're going to take this out." And you know, after he yanked about three feet out of there, um, oh. he says, "Okay." He says, "Well, your bladder should be empty. You you shouldn't have to go to the bathroom for about two hours." And at that point, they're pumping you full of fluids and stuff, so. Every two hours, you have to get up to go to the bathroom. And I could have used a urinal, but I don't, I, I was kind of skeptical about laying down and trying to use a urinal. So by the time I sat up, I could stand. Yeah. And I could walk. Okay. It was the sitting up that was hard. So I was using the bed. Um, I had a friend there that was helping me. And then when he had to go home that night, I said, I'm going to have to do this on my own. And I used the bed and it was kind of like the electric bed up a little bit, scooched my legs a little bit, up a little bit, scooched my legs a little bit. Yeah. But I, I was able to stand. And once I could stand, I could walk so that I could walk to the bathroom and pee. And the bad thing is I had to do it about seven times because they keep pumping you full of this stuff. So just about the time you fall asleep, you got to go to the bathroom. So you got to back up, you know. Um, so I was in. I was worried about coming home because I didn't have a hospital bed, obviously, to help me get up. Turns out I had a walker here and I was able to prop myself off the walker. And, you know, again, I'd use the walker to stand. But then once I stood, I could walk. I wasn't dependent on the walker to walk, but you just needed support. And I don't know if anyone can tell. I'm a bigger guy. You know. <laughs> no, we can't tell. And, no. And, and my wife is not a bigger girl, so she uh, 
you know, she wasn't going to help me if I hit the floor. Trust me. But um, so yeah, those anyway, engine <laughs> engine. <lifts>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, no. chain fall. Call yeah. Them, yeah. So anyway, um, I made it home and the first couple days were tough. But as time went on, it got better within the first week. I think I only took the oxycodines twice after I got home. And then that was more to help me sleep than anything. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't want anything to do with those anyway. So I, those are devils. You know, yep. It was pretty much just Tylenol after that. And, um, you know, over a period of time, it got better. I probably overdid it a little. Cause after about three, four weeks, I started to have pain again. And the doctor was fairly convinced it was scar tissue. And, but it sucks because you can't lay on that side for at least two weeks. Uh, yeah. So, and, you know, I'm a person that lays on the side, so, you know, you're used to shifting all night. Well, there's no shifting. And um, they give me this big foam wedge that I put behind my back so that I could shift a little bit and kind of lean on that, you know, and, and take the weight off the pressure point, you know, off one place. But, yeah, there wasn't a lot of options as far as sleeping but i you know what i did okay and i recovered and the first couple days are the hardest first three four days are the hardest are they expecting this one to be as crazy since they're not taking the whole kidney or well no it's it's smaller for one and it hasn't the other one took up almost the whole kidney so they had to take the kidney there was nothing they could salvage okay so the idea is to get this while they can still salvage the kidney and we'll hope it doesn't come back but one thing at a time. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's where we're at. So well, I've, I, uh, uh, I'm sure everyone in model T model club TV land is pulling for you. And this is not the news we wanted to hear. It's not the news you wanted to hear, but like you told me was not unexpected at some point. Um, no, it, initially they had said we were going to do this in six months after I healed from the last one, we are going to go in six months later and get it. So yeah. I got two years and um, the one doctor's nurse said it best to me. And that is once you've had a cancer diagnosis, you are looking over your shoulder the rest of your life. And um, that'll continue to be the case. Yeah. That being said, um, when they cut this out of me, I can now progress towards maybe I can make that five year point. Um, as long as that was there, I could never say I was cancer free. Right. Because there was a good chance that that was there and that was going to do something. So that's all we can do. It's, you know, it's a new normal. It weighs on your head. Anybody that ever goes through it or has gone through it knows what I'm talking about. Anybody that hasn't, feel free to email me if you do go through it and I'll try to talk you through it because. And uh, it's, uh, you it's, know. uh, I don't want to be a downer, but, but this stupid hobby we do, there's so many chemicals and so many of us, you know, do not take precautions we should. So I'm sure a lot of us will be in this boat at some point, which, you know, sucks. And I'm sorry you're going through it, but we're here for you and we'll get through it. <clears throat> do fine. Well, I'm more upbeat about it. Is I in that I know what to expect operation wise? Yeah. Uh, there's a plan. When I went through this two years ago, I went about, as you know, that I went about a two week period where I didn't know what the plan was, what we were going to do, how bad it was. Yeah. What the long term 
prognosis was any of that. So that being said, you know, this is better. I, it's not great. Obviously no one wants to have any cancer, in their mind, but uh, you know, it's, I'm not in that. I don't know what I'm going to do phase. Right. And I know I'm, uh, you know, unless my fat ass heart attacks out on the table, I know I'm. Which reminds me. Before you go to the surgery, put that 54 Kyoto Godzilla like up on a shelf near the door. It's a 64. 64. Oh, that's right. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so uh there we go. So I've um so that's I mean that's the last couple of weeks we've been kind of we knew this test was coming. We knew you were uh going to have results back and you know it kind of puts a damper on this. And yeah, this and we'll film a few episodes before I go. It's we've got um like a month and a half before the surgery. So yeah, we'll, uh, you know, we'll definitely do a few more um, episodes and, um, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, we might have to take a break in there or maybe I'll just put something up like a quick, like an update episode or something. But if we disappear well, for a couple weeks, to that's do, I, I could probably come on for a little bit. Yeah. You know, it, it's at first, honestly, and I, even the last time I was on the computer the night I got home or maybe the next day, you know, um, yeah. And posting, I just, um, I just want you to be healthy. <laughs> it's hard for those that watch. Um, I appreciate all the phone calls and, and stuff like that, but man, right after the operation, you know, you get so many phone calls and you get to a point where you're like, stop calling folks, email me or or message me or something. Not that you don't appreciate it, but you, you want to rest at first. There's a lot of rest that first week. And then there's a lot of, I can't do much, um, you know, for six weeks after. So, um, I'm hoping that, uh, after the first couple of weeks, I can get upstairs and get to my hobby bench. And I've kind of said to myself, I'm going to get something ready prior to that. So I'm ready to go. And um, just puts around up there and build something. Maybe finish that Godzilla and um, maybe start something else silly. I don't know. Yeah, and let's up, let's do that. Let's. I kind of want to put that challenge out to everybody. See how many organs they have to yeah. operate out of me to get me to work on a model kit. So, uh, so within this next month, let's say March, <coughs> I want our listeners, everybody, build and paint something and send it to us. Uh, and start it not as a contest or anything, but more as a uh, in a solidarity with Scott kind of thing. Uh, build a model kit in support. Everybody build one model kit during March, and we'll just kind of post the uh, slideshow of what we get. And yeah, I hope this inspires your bench work activity to continue up there. And because you won't be going to work, like you're planning. You're not working no, from I may home do anything, a little right? work. I may do a little work from okay. home, but not a lot. Okay. Um, and um, I made that mistake last time. I tried to go back after 13 days, and that probably was a mistake. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's I'll see when they tell you to take this. six to eight weeks off. So, um, <laughs> and I figured this was a good time to do it. Um, if Wonderfest happens, I'll be healed by then. Um, I've got. A niece's wedding coming up. I have a stepson getting Yeah, married. I couldn't have waited. I don't I would not have been able to hold on to that for six months. And no, I don't think so either. It's already in my head. I already have some trouble sleeping at night because yeah. you wake up thinking about it. And yep. 
Thank God for the King of Queens and Friends reruns. And, <laughs> you uh, start watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's what you should start watching. That's not a bad show. because I love that show. What's on late at night that I watch a lot is The New Adventures of Old Christine. That's pretty good, too. I hate that show. I, <laughs> I, I watch it, but I hate it. She's such an unlikable, dysfunctional yeah. character that I just can't stand it. And, uh, uh, I love Always Sunny. I decided to start it over. Always Sunny I liked, though. I, I remember watching that. That was good. So, Well, that's where we're at. So that was our topic for today. <laughs> it's Scott's health. Scott's um, health. Scott's, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it shouldn't affect us that much, but we'll get through it. And like I said, I, it's in March. Everybody build a model kit and send it in for <laughs> uh, April's shows. And we'll try and just do like a slideshow of the stuff we built while scott was healing um yeah that'd be kind of cool yeah life goes on without the fat bastard yeah well i will not go on without you for right now unless you know yeah he's already got replacements lined up don't don't i was thinking about that i don't think i do (laughs) yeah uh no one wants to work with me heavy metal spike you know um yeah yeah spike um Anyway, Spike with another Spike's reviews are great. Spike's pictures are great. Um, at the end of his reviews over in the clubhouse, so uh, you know, yeah, they are, they're really good. So it's a lot of fun. So let's move on to emails. We're going to keep this kind of a really short episode because I we're going to do we're going to turn around and do another episode quickly next week. So this one's kind of like a a filler and just a heads up as to what's going on yeah maybe we'll be under two hours yeah i think we will actually (laughs) um emails and corrections we got two emails this week considering last week was all emails so let's get caught up on this first one of course is from phil kupka phil again (laughs) that's a lot uh he had a great birthday he finished a project he was working on for rob madison which we just talked about in the beginning of the episode um Outer Limits Jigsaw got in the mail and kudos to alternative images for re-releasing some of John Kentucky's kits. It's nice to see a kit company that can use to make available as many castings as the market requires. Unlike those kit producers that limit the number of cap, cap bleh, limit the number of castings to a couple dozen uh, labels. I got a lot of crap for my artist versus modeler stuff. Hey, you think you were gonna, I knew it was coming. Um, but he said same thing. Labels like if you do a knockout job painting a figure kit, you are labeled a modeler and you are not an artist. But a bust isn't a model kit. I tell you, you two need some better subjects to discuss on Model Club TV. That's true. We do actually. Um, and we'll go back to that for a second. I in no way mean to insult anyone by saying you're not an artist. I'm saying that modeler and artist should be on the same level. And just because one's an artist doesn't make it better than modeler. Don't get stuck on that word. Like a lot of Ooh, people are just, have modeler artists or artists. I mean, yeah, you're still, it's an artist. It's an artistic form. It's an art form. Uh, Scotty, your stepdaughter's boyfriend. Does he like the Beatles? Yes. Okay. Uh, Jason, an emailer asked you about geometric tremors quit kit. I sent along a photo. Here it is. Uh, First Godzilla movie he saw in the theater was Godzilla versus King Kong or King Kong versus Godzilla. It was at the Ritz Theater in Northeast Minneapolis. 
Scott, you have too many model kits, and at the and the fact that you feel intimidated by modelers, like the likes of David Fisher, shouldn't hold you back from enjoying building kits. If you had an Arnold Schwarzenegger kit from Predator, I could just hear it yelling, "Come on, I'm here! Do it! Come on, Scotty, build some of those models! Do it!" Um, I do don't it. do auto. Do it. Uh, do it. My favorite part of modeling is building more than painting, especially if I do some customizing, making a base, or doing a kit bash. My biggest regret about the hobby is not being able to meet Paul Blaisdell in my mind and in his own way. He ranks right up there with Ray Harryhausen, who I was fortunate enough to meet a few times. So thanks, Phil. And then we have some questions from Logan slash Scuzzfing. You ready? I'm always ready for questions. I love questions and answer. I think you're going to love his too. Um, when will we see the big Galuna from Scott? Well, obviously, we're going to be set back again. <laughs> However, um, it is one of the projects up on the bench that I'm working on seaming and cleaning up. So uh, maybe sooner, actually. Maybe this operation will lead to that happening sooner. So that would, hey, how, not to open any wounds, but how long has that been in the works? Whatever. <laughs> I'm serious. A couple of years. Okay. Uh, that, no, actually, that's been in the work about 10 years now. I'm I was going to say, it's. A couple years. I've had from a couple years to ten. Okay. Uh, what are I'm the <laughs> what are your uh, our feelings on Jimmy Flintstone products? Um, Jimmy Flintstone products are very affordable. Okay, I wouldn't call them top notch hobby stuff, but for the price, man, you can't beat some of the stuff Jimmy's got out there. is is really kind of cool. So, um, yeah, I, you know, uh, he sells out of everything that I want whenever I go up to his bed, like he has a, there's a Godzilla bus that he has and it was sold out. He does have a website, you know, yeah, but no, I know, but it was sold out still, you know, you can't beat Jimmy's prices, um, for stuff compared to what a lot of garage kits are. And one of the things I like about going to the uh, Flintstone table is going through his little bins of, uh, you know, Nops. three for five or, yeah. you know, three for 10 or whatever. Um, I've gotten so many little like Muttleys and goofy looking characters. Um, he fills that special need at Wonderfest. I think of, I got 20 bucks left. What do I go buy? And you mm-hmm. could always find something there and spend that $20. Um, are they the best kits in the world? No, but I think they're still good enough to be like, there is a special spot in this hobby for Jimmy uh, Flintstone. Oh, absolutely. And I, there's always been some, has there been controversy? Yeah. Am I wrong? Oh, uh, there, there has been some, uh, nothing per se proven. Right. Totally. But, um, yeah, that being said, Jimmy's always been all right to me. And yeah. um, I have a few of his kids. I have a Quisp kid he did um, years ago. And um, and I've come close to a couple busts and stuff um, that he's got, like you say, that Godzilla bust and, and stuff like that. So, he, you know, he's got some stuff that, like you say, it's really affordable. And uh, the shifter knobs, it's so fun to go through those bins. It is, and, and it's, stuff. you know what you can call it too? A lot of that stuff is entry-level stuff, yep. and that means, you know, so if you're a dork like me and you don't want to paint something because you're so intimidated, mm-hmm. 
that's when you buy that $30 bust and paint it and practice on it and learn on it for sure. You know, and the same thing with all those shifter knobs and all that. So, and again, you can't beat Jimmy's prices. So, um, yeah, it, it's a good place. I mean, you could go to Jimmy's table, man. If you spend a hundred dollars at Jimmy's table, you're gonna walk <laughs> you got a lot of stuff. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> it's so. like Taco Bell. Yep, that's a very good Jimmy Flintstone is the Taco Bell of the Garage Kid land. Sure, yeah, that works. Uh, at times, I feel this hobby is in a holding pattern. I kind of agree. Um, but I think we're getting to the end of that holding pattern. Um. I do not disagree with you. I do a little. Go ahead. So I I think we're moving into new things. Like, like we discussed Mike Calvert's presentation, you know, and that's a new type of presentation. Um, busts with more elaborate bases, you know, not just in, in a peg in, into a square stand or a round stand or something. Um, so getting a little more creative. Um, now, of course, you have the 3D printing. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think we're getting know, where's, out of that. Where's all that going? Yeah. So it, it's um, I, where, the, where the holding pattern still is. And, and to hear me say this again is going to be, <laughs> <laughs> um, man, Universal Monsters. It's like we're still we're still in that holding pattern. Can't blame guys, though, if they're still selling. Why not? I still buy them. You know, yeah. I've even mentioned an idea for one this episode. So it's still there. Um, but yeah, there's so many other things, um, again, that would be different. Uh, George's bus that we discussed. And I'll tell you what else would be cool. Wildlife. Um, I've got a Sean Nagel lion up in my model room. That's just awesome. And I would buy wildlife. I would buy a good you know, elephants or something like that, that I could paint. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I know it sounds dumb, but, and here's yeah. the thing too, that's something if you've gotten painted, you might get away with displaying in your house without your wife knocking it out, leg lamping it off the shelf. Uh, okay. If I got leg lamped at my house. Look, that... you, your house is a freak show. Okay. <laughs> ready true. Before she even moved in. Okay. That's true. It's gotten, got oh cold. man. You have your room. No, okay. <laughs> but now there's little people everywhere. And Fisher Price toys. Hey, they were outside in the snow today. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, uh, Scott, are you from Boston? I'm not from Boston, but I am a Patriots fan. And, um, and also a Tom Brady fan. But... Um, yeah, I like the Patriots. No, I'm not from Boston. I've never been to Boston. Um, my favorite series of books, though, um, are based in Boston, which are the Robert B. Parker Spencer books, which is, remember the TV show Spencer for Hire was based on this these books. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and I've read all of them. Uh, I think I'm three behind. Robert Parker died and another author has taken over, but um, I think I'm like three behind, but there's like 48 books or something, and I've read them all. So oh, Wow. So, yeah. Wow, I'm impressed. Actually. Yeah, I've read more books than I've built models. Yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, what are your feelings on testers pulling their paints off the shelf? I feel they screwed themselves and all their loyal customers. Rustoleum owns them for some reason, and they had no idea how to manage testers. I hope stock sinks. 
Um, so I found this out back when I was doing my model club thing at school, when I was trying to get a hold of companies to get some stuff donated. Uh, yeah. Krylon or Rustoleum Krylon is a company together mm-hmm. and they bought testers and some of that stuff is disappearing apparently off of shelves. Um, I don't know why <laughs> I don't understand it. I would love to have somebody on that could explain everything that's going on behind the scenes with that. But honestly, when's the last time other than dull coat, what have you bought from testers? I've bought, I buy the tester sanding film and testers dull coat. And that's know. only cause you're too lazy to go buy a bunch of different sandpapers and cut them up. No, but no, that is not true. Tester sanding film works better on plastic than it does than sandpaper. Like it's a bet it's made specifically for that. It doesn't tear stuff up a lot easier. I love the sanding film. I love that stuff. I'd be mad if that goes away. Uh Oh, I better start going by all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I wish I could answer this question better. I don't know why they, the, the other thing, the regular, uh, Krylon matte finish is what I've been using now anyway, other than testers dull coat. It's not as good, not as flat, but yeah, it's, there's a weird, the, the hobby paint thing just kind of. Well, again, I think we have to realize that in the grand scheme of Krylon Rust-Oleum, okay. The model aspect of that is so small. Yes. Okay. That, you know, it's, they don't care. They don't probably don't care. Okay. And and I think there's enough other model paint companies that have come along that that could all get replaced. No problem. Yeah. And other than metallics, I haven't heard a lot of people really just bragging about testers paints. No. Okay. Um, they do like the metallics, but one of my favorite things that they had out was acrylic enamels. And I'm like, okay, so what is it? Is it an acrylic or is it an enamel? <laughs> it's because it's two different things. Right. Um, but as with anything, I hate to see anything go. Okay. Um, I hate to see anything get sold to somebody that's not going to do anything with it. I was glad to see Atlantis get a lot of the molds that they've gotten. You know, I mean, because really Ravel monogram went under. Yeah. And so, you know, all these things, understand a lot of us are close to 60 years old, with the exception of you. But a lot of us are in our mid-50s, mid-60s. And um, the companies that were there when we were kids, you know, eventually go by the wayside. And as far as paints go, you have so many different options out there right now. Yeah. Um, One specifically, when I went into a hobby town recently, I mean, the testers area is bare, but mm-hmm. Mission Models, which is an American paint company, they had their thing fully stocked in there. So it it's, yeah, those some of those things are changing. There's different cool tool companies now, too, because Tester mm-hmm. did make some, you know, low-key hobby knives and, and, like I said, the sanding film. But there's other companies that will come up and and change and take that spot, I think. Speaking of tools, I want to say, and I've been dealing with these most of my life because my brother was an, a, a graphic artist. Um, it's so nice that Exacto finally gave you this little 
plastic protector to put over the knife blade so that when it rolls off the desk, you don't have to worry about sticking in your foot. <laughs> I had that happen. And, uh, and you have to worry about picking it up or having it stuck in a nook somewhere and you got to pick it up and jam it in. So I thought that was cool. Covers. But um, yeah, there's a lot of paints out there. There's, there's a lot of brands. Obviously, I don't do enough, you know, but I've seen people, you know, they use uh, Jesse's paints. They use Michigan Toy Soldier, uh, whatever that whole line of stuff Vallejo. is. Vallejo. I mean, Vallejo. Vallejo. Is- um, that's I think most people right now Vallejo is where yeah. where it's at. Reaper, Reaper even has Reaper has good paints. Reaper, um, uh, who does the miniature paints? These other ones I'm using these Pro Acrils. Uh, yeah. they're fantastic. And that's the thing too. A lot of people just use craft paint. Yeah. Okay. And, craft and... paint though, I, like people use it, and I use it for certain things, but the pigment in there is just no good. It just you, it doesn't look the same. Like it, you can totally and tell. I have a closet of tube paint that's still good. It lasts yeah. forever. And you thin it down. And if you buy the good tube paint, it does have good pigment. Army um, Painter the, even makes good paint. Yeah, the Liquitex that Dave used to yep. use. But don't buy the basics because the pigment and the basics are not as good right. as you need these together. So which leads me to a quick question too. Yep. Uh, I was talking to Thad and uh he mentioned using Floetrol. Yeah. Floetrol. I use it all the time. Do you? Okay. So explain that a little to me. So what... Floetrol. Hold, please. If you read my AFM articles, you would know how to use it. I'm, no, I'm too busy building models to read your articles. So <laughs> this is Floetrol. That's an old bottle because you should see what it looks like now. So that bottle, you well, must Well, I keep refilling ever. this with the, because you can buy it in like the big bottle. I keep refilling yeah. this one smaller bottle. Um, okay. It's basically a latex paint additive. It's just an extender, basically, and makes your paint a little more transparent. So I use it specifically for sponge painting. I'll mix it with stuff so I can build up layers, layers, and layers of really thin kind of translucent paint uh, using sponges. And I use it to, like, sponge stuff. And that's what it's used in house painting for rag rolling and making faux finishes and that sort of thing. Well, I've also heard it's used, and this is, I guess, my question, and I, I probably should have questioned Thad more on this too, for uh, brush strokes. It'll take brush strokes out. Um, so like if you're painting woodwork in a house yeah, with a, with a paintbrush and you use that, it helps it smooth itself out. Yeah, it, so. thins, it thins down the paint. So it's basically like adding water to paint without ruining the paint. Okay. So it just kind of like... Yeah, that's totally what it does. All right. Now, Flowchall is great. It's great for mixing with acrylic paint. Okay. All right. More questions? Uh, yes. Bidding fever. What are your thoughts on eBay and people going bid crazy on certain model kits? Um, I really haven't been bidding on model kits in a long time on eBay. When's the mm-hmm. last time you bought a model on eBay? Oh, that hunchback, that glow hunchback I bought, I bought on eBay. Did you bid on it? Like, was it a bidding thing or did you buy it now? I think it was a buy it now. Yeah. See, Um, I don't use eBay as anything more than a store at this point. Not too many people don't have a buy it now. Now, sometimes the buy it now is crazy. Yeah. And and not on model kits, but you'll be surprised when they have the best offer thing. Um, And I've offered like half of what they want and have been accepted, you know. Or now some people won't, some people just say decline. Yeah. Okay. Or some people will come back to you with something 
and then you can go back to them with something, you know, and it's a good way to kind of barter yeah. um, with the best offer thing. But um, as far as model kits, bidding wars. I have noticed though, recently there were a couple of people talking about some uh, Janus stuff that was really mm-hmm. high expensive, right? Yes. And always, well, I see that go both ways. So I, I've, I've seen some of the Janus stuff go crazy and then I've seen it kind of come down and I've seen it go back crazy. I saw, some, opinion, fu- I saw some future stuff that I have. Yeah. My, my opinion is it's only worth what you're willing to pay for it. Yeah. So if someone, if there's a couple guys out there willing to bid the price up because they really want the kit, eventually those guys are going to be out of the bidding war. And I'd like to think the price will come down unless it's just such a rare item that, um, you know, can you think crazy. of one recently that went nuts? You know, I've seen some of John Tucky's stuff go, you know, kind of higher than I thought it would. And then some of it doesn't. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, so I don't know, you know, now this, uh, Snoopy, this plane that came out. So I have an original sealed one. And the intention was when I bought it to build it, it costs 70 bucks at the time. Okay. Well, now these are the same mold. Give me the same, same kit. I want to build it. I don't need that sealed one anymore. Has it killed the value? Yeah. I'd say this one might've knocked the value down a little bit, but I still see the sealed ones going for about 250, 275. So, um, I'm going to probably get that on the eBay in the next, uh, you know, but you have crossover collectors too there. That's not just model guys. That's, yeah. you know, so if you have a crossover thing, that's, that's going to be even crazier. Um, Didn't, uh, eBay changed something with PayPal recently too. Well, they're trying to get you to not use PayPal, even though they own PayPal and do something else. I don't know. I, uh, all right. You know, that's another thing with eBay. By the time you, you know, they hit you for their 10% on your shipping too. So it's not bad enough that the post office is reaming you, but they're going to hit you for 10% of that shipping as well. I stopped they, selling things on eBay because I always ended up with somebody who, after I packed it up, they would be like, well, can you do this? Or can you do this? Can you make, take $5 off? And I felt, I just got tired of like dealing with it. Hmm. So I haven't, if I sell something, I try and do it on Facebook or on the clubhouse. I think more than anything. That's the way to go first. Obviously, but if, yeah. if you're going to sit there and say, well, I want top dollar, what will you offer me for it? And hope you get people bidding against each other on Facebook. Yeah, that's kind of tough to keep track of, too. You know, yeah. so it's know your product, know what you're selling, know what you're buying. Yeah. And it, does it get crazy? Yeah, it's going to get crazy. Sometimes it's going to get crazy. OK, these stupid little figures I got, those uh, Universal Monster, those Funko. Yeah mystery minis man there's some of those going for a hundred bucks sell them what are you doing because they make well because they they make them collectibles there's like one out of every 72 has that one figure oh yeah okay i've got a little foghorn leghorn up here i think it's a one in it's like a 30 dollar figure this big vinyl figure it's a come on okay you know we're just gonna make collectibles so it's Anything is worth what someone will pay for it. And, and you know, you can look at it and go, that's crazy. Well, what's crazy to you? That guy wants it that bad. He's going to yeah. pay for it. I so that's agree. my take on that. I agree. So that does for emails. Did we have corrections from last week? Last episode? No corrections. I think I did finally get 
my Christmas present mounted in a different frame. Nice. Oh, yeah, it does look good. No, it's the Aurora cool. thing. You can't really see it because I'm in I'm in the dark today. Yeah. But um, it's there. My uh, stepdaughter's boyfriend, Elliot, uh, really liked that he got some press. And um, I was telling him about the comments on the clubhouse. <laughs> so uh, I did get one comment, and, and I don't think we've done it a lot in this episode. Um, Todd Powell from Escape Hatch mentioned to me, you know, when we talk about people, we talk about people like, you know, we'll say Trevor and we'll say this guy and this guy, and we don't say the last names. Yeah. And we just assume everybody knows everybody. And uh, first of all, I couldn't pronounce Trevor's last name on a bet. Okay. But I'm going to go with how wrong I am. Ready? Yeah. You'll sorry. You'll sorry. Maybe it is. You'll sorry. Let, Trevor, let us know. Give us the phonic um, yeah, <laughs> pronunciation. But, you know, like when I talked, to, even tonight, I talked about the black cat and I said, Paul's casting. Well, that's Paul Gill's casting, you know. Um, yeah. So I'll try to do a little better with that. That's, you know, that was a good point um, by Todd. And, uh, you know, I, I, anytime someone offers something like that, they're kind of like, you know, I don't want to insult you guys. And it's like, no, that's, uh, that's okay. That's, yeah, it is. Why we're here. And again, I think episode 20 is my goal to change the format, but we'll see. We'll see. We're having a hard time with guests a it's little been, bit. Oh, yeah, it's been a rough patch. Um, I know. And there's other people who are like begging to come on, but we had told other people that we wanted them on and they said they'd come on and then things fall through the cracks. So we're, we're working on it. Um, we will have somebody here shortly. Um, so yeah, you're stuck with us again. And we apologize. That's our episode this week. First episode of February. Thanks for joining us. It's been a, uh, you know, it's snowing. We're tired. Scott has to have surgery. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. Hang in there. It's going to get better, right? Yeah. It's going to get better. <laughs> well, we'll be back with another one here shortly. Uh, episode 17, we will have a guest. We're not announcing who that is, because that might change. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, maybe we'll get to the point where we can announce a guest. And we'll actually, and have, actually have them. Yeah, we're not actually, saying yeah. it anymore. Yeah. Anyway, have a great time, everybody. We'll see you next time on Model Club TV. Bye.